The UFC is not just the fastest growing sport in the world. It's a global business expanding into new and exciting territories. UFC chairman and CEO Lorenzo Fertitta is the man behind many of the boldest moves and biggest achievements. He sat down with Joe Rogan to talk about the past, present and future of the UFC in this revealing one-on-one. -on -one. It is my great honor and privilege to bring to you Lorenzo Fertitta, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with us, sir. You bet. Good to be here. One of the biggest aspects of this sport, uh, what you guys have done for this sport, isn't just promoting it and getting it more popular, but it's also sanctioning it. That has to be one of the most difficult aspects of this sport and still a daunting task, still unsuccessful so far in New York. I can't tell you the countless hours and time and trips and travel that it takes to go sit down with legislators. And it's not just that you're trying to get them to create a set of rules. You're getting, trying to get them to reverse a law that's on the books that in a lot of states had banned ultimate fighting. And you got to sit down and say, wait a second, ultimate fighting is not even a sport. That's a brand that this company owns. Mixed martial arts is the sport. And what you thought you were banning 15 years ago isn't what we do. It's a totally different deal. And it's an educational process, and you go through it, and you know what? There's 48 of the 50 states have regulatory bodies or athletic commissions. We are now sanctioned in 45 of the 48 states. There's three states that are left, Vermont, Connecticut, and New York. Vermont, we just haven't focused on. We've, that'll get done. There's already fights in Vermont. It's just not regulated by the state body, which, so that will happen. Um, Connecticut, the legislature's moving forward. We're not really seeing any pushback there. The biggest issue is New York, right? Say so New York State, it's, the, it's basically the epicenter of, of, of America. How can you not have what's the fastest growing sport in the world um, present in New York? Because A, you, you can watch it there on TV, right? Go to a bar and watch it on closed circuit. You can buy it in your own home. Why can't you go there and opt in and buy a ticket and say, I, I want to go see it live? Well, a lot of times things that are reality, you don't necessarily really realize what's on the surface of what's going on. We really don't have any opposition in New York. We just passed out of the New York State Senate for the third time, three, state, three straight sessions. This time we won the vote 48 to 18. I don't know how much people know about politics, but that's basically a landslide. You don't see a lot of votes 48 to 18. And this is in the Senate? In the Senate. And so then after the Senate, then it moves to? It's got to move to the House, which is the State Assembly, right? They've got to pass the same uh, piece of legislation. And then after that, if it's passed, the governor signs a bill and it becomes law. We have not so far to this date been able to even get a vote in the House. It won't, they won't send it to the floor. And so how do they stop? How do they do that? You know, assembly speaker sets the agenda so they can determine what they vote on and what they don't vote on. You know, whoever's in in the majority power. And, you know, we scratch our head and scratch our head for a number of years. going, Gosh, it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's nobody speaking out really against this. There's there's one congressman, uh, Senator Riley from New York, you know, who's coming out. But, you know, at the end of the day, his arguments, they're not really make a lot of sense. They're not valid. We've got an impeccable track record. And you know what? It's the Democratic way. You don't like it, don't vote for it. Let's see what the other assembly members want to do, and if it passes, it passes. So what we come to find out is there were two people. When, when you lobby in any state legislature, you have to file with the state and say, this is the entity, okay, and this is the, the subject that I'm lobbying on. Well, of course, there, there's two people that have filed in the state of New York to lobby on the issue of mixed martial arts. One is us, of course. We're obviously lobbying in favor of it. The other is the New York State Culinary Union. And you scratch your head and go, 
Wait, 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 that doesn't make, say that again? Yeah, the culinary union, the culinary workers, the hotel um, restaurant union workers. Well, how does that make sense? Because the UFC, as we know, is a massive economic engine, economic impact, we went to Toronto, it was over $45 million for that weekend. Who did we benefit? The people who work in the hotels, because we filled the hotels. The people who work in the restaurants, because we filled the restaurants, right? So how, why, why on earth would they be against this? It's a simple reason. It comes down to politics. The casino company that me and my brother own is one of the largest non-union casino companies in, in Las Vegas, right? They have wanted to have our uh, team members be unionized for the last 30 years. And our position is, you know what, that's not really up to us. That's up to our team members. If they can have a vote. If they choose to decide they want a union, then that's up to them. But so far, for the last 30 years, as we started with the family business, right, 90 employees, to now where we have about 13,000 employees, they've chosen that they don't feel like they need, they need a third-party intermediary to negotiate for them. It's their decision. And what's happened is the culinary union in Vegas has obviously talked to the culinary union in New York and said, you know, we think we found a point of leverage. We want to see if we can bother these guys so much by keeping them out of the state of New York Maybe they'll cave and, and hand over the employees to us or something like that. Wow. Crazy. That's amazing that they have that kind of power. We'll see. I mean, we're, we're continuing to push. We're, certain, we, we're not the kind of people to give up. We're not going to give up. And, you know, the thing that's even worse about it is it's fine. You have a situation with us, but they're not just hurting us. They're hurting a lot of, a lot of people that are innocent bystanders. You're talking about people that work in industry in New York, the economic impact. I mean, New York City is, is going to be fine with or without us. But you know what? How about Syracuse? How about Buffalo, where hotel occupancy is 50, below 50%? They're dying there. How about bringing a big UFC there? What, what, what's the economic impact and how many jobs we provide? The direct union labor paid to union workers in Toronto to set that arena up was over $1.5 million. Wow. That's not economic impact. That's dollars in their pocket. Okay, so they're leaving in their wake of what they're doing. They're hurting fighters, other promoters. We're just, we're just one entity. We might do one show every other year in Ohio, yet there's over 100 shows there. There are other promoters and fighters in a whole industry that rely on making a living on this, on having a regulated sport, and that's being denied in, in uh, New York because of some disagreement that we have in Nevada here. You guys have done the most amazing thing ever. You not only have saved a sport from the brink of obscurity, but you have catapulted this thing into the public consciousness, and you continue to do so, and thank you very much. And, and as I said, I'm honored. We're just starting, man. It's round one. It's round one, kids. We'd love to hear any ideas and comments you have on the show, and we'll be talking to all the top fighters in upcoming cards. So email us your best questions for them at UFC Ultimate Insider at UFC.com.